You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. She always says I embarrass her. I don't mean to, but uh, I always feel that she's the smartest person in the room and one of the best uh, writers out there uh, in our space. So, Jenny, thrilled to have you on with us here on 98.7 ESPN. How are you doing this afternoon? Great. Thanks for having me on, Anita. It's great to be here. I know. I miss you, girl. Haven't seen you in, in, in a hot second. But... um uh, let, let, let's talk about uh, your reporting that just came out, um, and, and you can see Jenny's report uh, on on the New York New York Times. Um, it's out there on social media, um, and, and I would imagine after her and I speak, uh, you're going to hashtag Run Don't Walk, of course, to, uh, to 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 find out more information in in regard to what's happening here. I, I do want to I want to go back before we go forward, okay? And that is okay. Um, good. At, at one point in time, right? Twenty two women we know came forward. Uh, two grand juries decided not to uh, press charges criminally. Uh, those 22 women then moved forward for a civil lawsuit. Since then, now two more women have jumped on board since they saw the Brian Gumbel special on HBO. Obviously, it triggered something. So now where we stand right now is that we have 24 women uh, who are um, suing Deshaun Watson in a civil suit, but no criminal suit. And I just had a, a gentleman who called in, his name is Artie, and he's like, Anita, you know, grand jury's not going to move forward. Grand jury's not, you know, there's no criminal charges. I, I, explain why, uh, be, be, and again, before we start really getting into deep detail of, of, of all the stuff you've just recently uncovered, but explain why two grand juries decided not to move forward criminally here. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's, there's a lot to unpack here, and there's been three different lines of investigations. There's been the civil suits, there was the criminal investigation, uh, and the NFL investigation, which is still ongoing. So the criminal piece was one part of the process. There were uh, 10 different women who complained to police uh, in two counties, and those charges were considered. We don't know a lot about how those cases were presented to the grand jury. Everything is behind closed doors, so there's not a lot of visibility into that process. Um, but part of the reporting in this recent story was to sort of understand what information was considered, what information may have been presented to the grand jury. Um, and so we do know that the prosecutor in Harris County, the sex crimes prosecutor who was handling these cases, had a regular dialogue with Rusty Hardin, Deshaun Watson's attorney, uh, leading up to the Harris County grand jury. Um, and in those communications, that included Hardin sending a, a slide presentation um, for her to use with with the grand jury. It's often called a grand jury packet. Um, usually, it's not necessarily super common. I don't think the average person would have a grand jury packet presented on their behalf. But for a high-profile case, a high-profile client, then you do see those um, things happen more often. So there were no criminal charges, but I think that wasn't the end of the story, and that was why I kept reporting. Um, there were ongoing civil lawsuits. Uh, after the two grand juries declined to indict, the civil processes really ramped up, and we saw Deshaun Watson sort of answer questions for the first time under oath in depositions for those civil suits. And so I think um, just because there aren't criminal charges doesn't mean that there wasn't wrongdoing. And I think that's what I wanted to continue to look into. That was sort of the point behind this story was to continue to understand the pattern of behavior that so many women have alleged. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So now where we stand, 24 women now, um, you know, civil lawsuit that's out there. Also, with the addition of the new two women, there are some other facts that have been revealed and whether you can confirm or deny, Jenny, in regards to uh, there's reports out there that uh, Deshaun Watson offered all 22 women $100,000 each to settle, but they had to they had to sign a non-disclosure agreement that apparently the Miami Dolphins were demanding they sign prior to the trade deadline because, um, as we know, reports out there that the Miami Dolphins wanted Deshaun Watson. Uh, can 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 you can you elaborate on that at all? Yeah. So when they uh, when Tony Busby, who represents the 24 women suing Watson in the two most recent civil suits, that was included in one of them as as sort of a, a footnote. He kind of put that information in that there had been these settlement conversations um, around the time of the trade deadline last year. Uh, Rusty Hardin, Deshaun Watson's attorney, has also uh, addressed that publicly. So they both have said that the Dolphins wanted the civil suits settled uh, if a trade was going to be executed and that because all 22 at the time of the suits could not be settled, um, there was no deal. And um, this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Things were kind of tabled for a while. So I think there's been a couple different pressure points, you know, where settlement was considered. I mean, the first was right away when the suits came out. Um, there were some conversations at that point in the spring of 2021. And then again, around the trade deadline last year. Um, but then, um, you know, that there was no agreement reached. And so then the criminal process Laid out. We saw that come to a conclusion, uh, you know, at least at this point, unless someone else were to file a criminal complaint, which is still possible at any point in time. And then so now the, the focus has turned back to the civil suits. And, you know, it, it doesn't seem at this point that there is a settlement that's imminent. Um, you know, it, it certainly those conversations could commence at any point. They can be commencing you know, behind the scenes and no one has any awareness of them. Um, but there's just been a lot of information that's come out as a result of these pre-trial depositions that take place. And I think you know, some of those um, revelations in the pre-trial process um, were, were things that we cited in our story, some of those depositions or, or documents that came out through that process. 
So now timeline, it doesn't work out with the Miami Dolphins. It does work out with the Cleveland Browns. They mortgage their future probably for the next decade to work out a deal and a trade. They get Deshaun Watson. They, they, they make him an offer that's just absolutely ridiculous, guaranteed money, highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And then now this week, your report comes out, right? 66 massage therapists that he hired in a span of a year and a half. On top of that, hotel room. Uh, that was offered to him and and paid for, right, by the Houston Texans and a number of other things that were revealed in your phenomenal investigative report, Jenny. So why don't you pick it up there and kind of share with the listeners all that uh, all that you have uncovered in the last few weeks? Yeah, so I think it was important to give people kind of a picture or give the public a picture of um, just how much um, his, you know, habit or pattern of seeking out massages with new women had become, you know, infused in his life. And so he acknowledged that there were 40 therapists he had worked with. He was asked about the number 40 in his opening press conference at Cleveland, because at that time there were the 22 lawsuits and 18 women had issued statements of support for him through his uh, attorneys. Um, but he said that was over a five-year span. And, you know, just in talking with people, I've, you know, I've really made it a point to connect with massage therapists in different cities, um, in Houston, certainly, and to talk directly to a lot of women who have worked with him or have been contact, contacted by him. I think that's a piece of the story that has really gotten pushed to the side. There's been a lot of back and forth between the lawyers and, of course, the civil court process that's really ramped up over the last few weeks. But at the heart of all of this is women who have come forward saying they were harassed or assaulted. Um, so I just, you know, started trying to get a, a clearer picture of just how many women he had sought for massages. And the number that we put out, 66, that was what I was able to confirm. I, I don't, you know, I, I would say that that number is in at least situation. I, I don't by any means think that my list was completely exhaustive, but that was what I was able to confirm and lock down. Um, and I think also in reporting the story, one of the really important parts is the structures and people in place that sort of allow these behaviors to continue. Uh, and Texans, whether knowingly or not, enabled some of these behaviors, access to a, uh, you know, prestigious property in Houston where he could book hotel rooms to uh, use for massages. Um, You know, one of the women who went there said the hotel room wasn't under Watson's name, you know, providing him with a non-disclosure agreement when a massage therapist that he worked with had posted about him on Instagram saying, I could really expose you. And so, again, even if the Texans didn't know the extent to which this habit was infusing his life, even if they didn't know he was using the Houstonian for massages specifically, there's certainly an argument to be made, um, which I think is why uh, they're um, potentially being added as a defendant, according to the plaintiff's lawyer, is that, you know, you either know or you should have known or there were indications, but also see a lot of times with high profile people or powerful people that there often are more resources or more structures in place that either allow behaviors to continue, don't stop those behaviors, give them the ability to engage in those behaviors. And I think that's really an important part of this whole story. 
beyond the hotel, just the fact that somebody from the Houston Texans organization gave him a non-disclosure agreement, left him in his locker so that he could utilize. Obviously, he was communicating to somebody at the Houston Texans what was going on that they felt so inclined, Jenny, to provide him with a non-disclosure agreement to, 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 to make these women sign. Yeah, and so it, you know, the NDA was placed in his locker, uh, according to Watson in a deposition, in direct response to a woman who had given him a massage, um, posting about him on social media. She is now one of the plaintiffs, but at the time she said, you know, I, I could really expose you. And she posted some of their message exchanges as well as cash app receipts and his phone number. Now, according to Watson, the team gave him the NDA because she had put his contact information out there, his cash app. He had to change those things. He didn't want it to happen again. But, you know, if you're alerting the head of security at the team about some of these posts by someone who's given you a massage uh, separate and away from the team, despite the fact that they have a, a, you know, a whole group of massage therapists contracted with the Texans for players to use at any time, um, and also the, the nature of some of those messages. Uh, I could expose you. I mean, the Texans did not tell me what the head of security knew specifically when he gave them the NDA. But I think there's, um, I think just the act of giving a high-profile player, or, or any player really, uh, an NDA to use with people that he's working with, I think um, we've learned a lot about NDAs in the last five years and how they're intended to silence people, uh, how they uh, can people if you're given an NDA and so I think just the fact that he then had that to give to massage therapists uh, and he said he only gave that NDA to massage therapists because for other business he had lawyers and agents to handle that. Again Jenny Vrintis joining us here on 98.7 ESPN um, in, in closing Jenny you know um, what 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 I'm curious about you know, again, watching, I'm sure you watched as well, the Brian Gumbel special, the two women that he had on that are part of the civil case, both of them said that the the the, the Cleveland Browns nor the NFL have reached out to them. Uh, Cleveland Browns claimed that they did an in-depth research investigation uh, prior to the trade going down with the Texans. The NFL is claiming that they are still in the midst of investigating, but apparently not only they haven't reached out to any of these 20 to 24 women as far as what we know and what was reported with, with Brian Gumble on, on that HBO special. What, what do you see happening moving forward? Where does this go from here? Yeah, so the NFL did have, they, they've interviewed 10 or 11 of the plaintiffs, but uh, that happened last year. Um, so they have gotten firsthand accounts from 10 or 11 of the women. But you're right, the, the Browns kind of tried to explain in multiple different ways why they didn't reach out to the women or the attorney for the plaintiffs. Um, but I think that's really, it's, it's hard to say that you did a thorough and uh, exhaustive investigation if you don't hear firsthand. I mean, I think for me covering the story, you know, the first story I wrote about this was a woman named Mary who was not suing. She did not file a criminal complaint, but she had an experience with Watson in a massage in which he engaged in behavior that made her really uncomfortable. It was sexually suggestive. He invited her to touch and move his penis. And so it's sort of 
in all, in line with all of the suits. Hearing directly from her what it was like to be in that room, what behaviors she engaged in, that really helped me as I covered that story because I kept going back to her firsthand account and all of the things that she described, what you feel like when you're in the room, um, the different um, behaviors that she said he engaged in. So it's, it's hard for me to understand how the Browns could um, – not go through some of these steps, but yet claim they did in an exhausted investigation. Now, for the NFL, you know, they have been, you know, investigating this, I guess, since the, the first lawsuits were filed. And, you know, it is difficult to come up with a discipline uh, that matches. I mean, I think we talk about this a lot with the personal conduct policy. What number of games, you know, it just it almost feels um, just feels inappropriate in a way to assign a number of games to serious allegations. And I think that's kind of where things are um, in terms of how the personal conduct policy is used. But at the same time, the NFL is a private business. They have a huge platform and they have a personal conduct policy that they say they want, you know, their players and coaches and anyone associated with the league to live up to. So, I think there's a lot of pressure on the NFL to act, and I don't know what the decision will be. I don't have a lot of insight into that process, but um, you know, I think that the NFL investigation, certainly they seem to have more information than the Browns sought out or wanted to seek out. Um, just FYI, knowing that I was going to have you on today, I text a few people in the know and the Cleveland Browns are expecting a four game suspension right now. Just FYI. That's what, that's, oh, okay. that's what I got back. Just FYI. I mean, and, and again, this is, these are people within the organization that, that, you know, they, they're expecting a four game suspension. So we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what does come down and we'll see, you know, how this, uh, how this unfolds, but Jenny, you know what I think about you. I think you're the best in the business and I commend you for your research and I commend you for, uh, this, uh, this column. And, uh, I think you're tremendous and I highly recommend that the majority of people listening here, uh, go on the New York times and, and read Jenny's, uh, investigative report. Jenny, thank you so much for your time, my friend. I miss you. Ah, uh, thank you, Anita. I really enjoyed being on. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.